In a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Everyone, welcome uh, to another episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. I am Mr. Matt Nost. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wrong? I mean, how can we do this without the wand? We need to do the wand. There it is. A little Harry Potter action. My Mad Eye Moody wand to bring it to bear here in our uh, conversation today. Uh, we're talking. We're counting down the top ten movies from the harry potter universe so kind of exciting for us uh, this is one that you suggested matt and i was like hell yeah let's do it we've got 10 let's have some fun so did what brought you, this on did you oh you know how like um when cops or union jobs retire and they get a gold watch yeah you when you retired from the wizarding world of harry potter did you get a wand and they're like well, your service here is done <laughs> first of all you were on bended knee and they knighted you with the wand on each side. And you held out your hands and they delicately placed it in. I didn't retire, first of all. Uh, From the I, wizarding world? You did no, not retire? I left. I didn't retire. If you know, They retire like 20 years and get my pension and what have you. No, I, I just left because you know the job at Collider popped up and I was like, I'm going to take it. Yep. So there we go. Uh, I was very excited about that. All right. So then why do you have Mad-Eye Moody's wand then? Well, because this is the one that I like the most. The other ones seemed a bit, God, how can I say this correctly without getting in trouble? This feels like a weighty, manly wand. Uh, and the other wands, I think, are a little too uh, decorative and a little too just not my cup of tea. And so I felt like this one is pretty awesome. It's got a strong wood, got some steel here, got a very strong base. Uh, boom. You know, I like that. I like that. I'm a big fan of it. So that's why. Still begs the question which has not been answered which is why do you have mad eye moody's wand that's the look and this is the other one this is uh the uh elder wand uh there that uh Dumb- oh, it's got a skeleton and yeah i thought the elder wand was the one with the notches the uh yeah still though why do you have two wands <laughs> i don't know I was in the mood. I was working there. I'm like, you know, I don't have too many things that I buy necessarily. And, you know, they gave it to us at massive discounts when we first started. So I was like, I'll buy a couple. It sounds like fun. Well, yeah, because they upcharge the living shit out of those. They do. There's nothing wrong with it. Look, parents are willing to pay it. That at least makes more sense to me than the making your own droid. Oh, yeah. Because at least the wand, you can take it out and interact with the world. In Harry Potter. And that is interesting. That's a really cool little thing that they put in. Yeah. Uh, and I was expecting Disney to, to steal that idea as well as the, once they announced the droid and lightsaber workshop thing. Yeah. Well, the 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 lightsabers are like $200, $300, man. Those are not cheap, those things. Those are I know, insane. But they're just lightsabers. At least the wand is a wand plus interacts with the park itself. It does. It does. You're right. It does. Yeah. Um, making for a magical experience. I tried some of them. We got a wand for my nephew because he was diehard into Harry Potter when we took him. Right, right. And uh, 
you know. Oh, sorry. This is a Death Eater, uh, a Death Eater wand, the snake yeah. wand. So, so my apologies there. My, this is a Death Eater. The Elder one, you're right. It's the other one with the kind of round edges yeah. and round. Yeah, yeah. They're all too thin. Them. That's why I got the Mad Eye Moody one. It's a thick one. I liked, I like the feeling of some heaviness to the wand. I like that. It makes me feel strong. I love it. So the, it's the, the, uh, that's the manly one. Yeah, you know what I mean? The manly one right here. Which is an oxymoron in and of itself. Why? Why would you say that it's an oxymoron? Don't, don't manly, engage in toxic masculinity, Matt knows. Manly wand. That's a manly it's, wand right I there. just don't think the two things go hand in hand. That's all. <laughs> Pun fully intended. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you're into it, it just, I would expect that from people that are 10 years younger than us. Mm. And like they went and got it because they grew up reading the books and saw the movies yeah. when they released and were the right age. Like, totally, I get it. That's why yeah. a 60 year old making a lightsaber doesn't look strange to me. Be like, it's been in his life for 40 years. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Whereas Harry Potter, like you were older when they came out, so to have that finish, but you did work there. It's not like you went to a university. Yeah, right. But also, dude, the reason I took the job is because when I went down to Orlando and visited that park at the Harry Potter park, it was like at a time in my life when I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I didn't have a job. I was unemployed. I was like barely making it uh, as an actor. The jobs started drying up a little bit. So I was worried about what I was going to do for a job. And then I went down to um, the Orlando and just got lost in that park, really just blown away by that park. And I felt to myself like in that moment, I was like, man, I'd love to live here. This seems pretty cool. This seems awesome. A world you can disappear into because I didn't like the world I was living in at the time. And so when I went back to Los Angeles, uh, a friend of mine a few weeks later, a couple weeks later, randomly posted on Facebook that they were looking for uh, wand keepers at the Harry Potter land. And I was like, nice. Yeah, and they hadn't even opened it, right? It was just like when they were building yeah. it. So I'm like, shit, I'll go audition, see what happens, see if there's any Latino wizards. So, and I happened to get in, and I was the only Latino on the roster uh, of 35 uh, wand keepers that made it. Uh, and I was lucky to be in number six. So I was consistently working, and I just loved being there for the time that it was. And then eventually it got kind of like, you know, repetitive and boring, and the same thing over and over again. As great yeah. as it is to play a character, you have to have a certain level of patience with park situations and how they do that being said dude we were pretty pampered i mean we only worked total maybe three and a half hours of an eight hour day actually working three and a half hours to a, yeah. of an eight hour day and got paid full salary for it or 25 dollars an hour for it so i got no complaints so you're a skill position though yeah true very true skill so position. that's why it, and it yeah. takes a little bit more taxing and not everybody could do this whereas everybody can sweep up right or where the yeah, the costume, if you don't have around. to do yeah. anything with it, you just walk around like that, you know, not right. denigrating those individuals, those no, are no, jobs, no. and it's a good, yeah, it's just a like, I, if you can't do this, then you can't do it, and this is what the job is, because right. you are performing. Yeah, just the mind-numbing nature of saying the same words after a while. Yeah. Where, because I can't imagine how many performances you and anybody else that's done the job, where you're mentally checked out, and you're somewhere else just going through the words because you know them by heart, you don't even think about it. Yeah, I tried not to be. The worst part is when you've got an unresponsive audience. That's when you check out. When the audience yeah. is not responding, there's like you can tell they could give two shits about what you're doing and they didn't realize this was like what they were in line for. They thought it was a ride or something cool like that. Mm -hmm. um, and some people didn't want to participate. That was the worst when you'd select someone and you'd say the magic has chosen you and they, they'd step forward and they'd be like, I don't want to do it. I don't want. So then you have to be like, Oh, uh, the magic has chosen somebody else. And you're just like, Oh, fucking hell. Like, you know, you know what's going on here. Oh. Play along. You jerk. You know? Do I detect the hint of a Phoenix feather from this one instead? <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> that that would be at least fun because you get to improvise and do something original. Right. But you're not and, allowed to, Matt. You're not allowed to improvise. I know, yeah. but in that moment, they yeah, have a stock response. Yeah. At right, least right. you could get away with something there. Yes, you can. Actually, you can. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, you know, the two most exciting times shows were those shows where two people got into physical altercations. I had to break it up twice in character. Those were very, very interesting experiences for sure. So, um, but you know, I had a really great time overall, which is part of the reasons why I still carry the wands and it. I mean, like have the wands and respect yeah. the wands because it was a really good experience. And there was a lot of people who came to those parks, like seeking some kind of, I don't know, escape from the sadness mm-hmm. or the depression or just mm-hmm. to escape from the world or just to get lost in this magical world and believe in it, you know? And so it was always fun to do that. And look, I, I'd go and ride those rides all the time after work. I'd go and just for the fuck of it, I would just ride yeah. the ride like five or six times, get in line, get in line, get in line uh, and get to cut because of me being an employee. So it was, I didn't have to stand in line or whatever. So I'd have to just go around and go back in again which was great, but it was a way of kind of detoxing. But then again, like yeah. I said, eventually it runs its course and you're right. You're repeating the same words over and over again yeah. and it kind of loses, no pun intended, the magic of uh, doing the thing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish universal a had a direct line straight to Harry Potter. I understand why they don't, because you want to draw people through the rest and so the oh, yes. shit. right. you don't have to go through all these other just hodgepodge lands that yeah. don't really have any, it's not like Disney, guys. You just can't replicate Disney. No, Disney's great. You but if, yeah. so if you secluded that and added more shit to it so you could spend yeah. even more time because, the, you know, the alleyways are interesting. But if you do it once, you've done it. Yeah. Like there's nothing going on in these shop fronts and you can interact with a wand thing over here. But how many times yeah. can you really do that? It helps put you in the world. Right. right and I realize right. all that shit is expensive. But, you know, it's a draw to the park. Build it out even more. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Yeah, have you been? Have you, how many times have you done that? Oh, oh, sorry. I, Go ahead. I said, I wonder if they're going to lose Simpsons. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it gets crowded more and more. Um, they take more and more away from those older rides. So I don't know. You know, well, like I'm the just mummy. saying, Disney now owns it. How long do they have a contract for? Because you could expand that way. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, they've been talking about Diagon Alley. They've mm-hmm. been for quite some time. They, you know, they do little extra shows late at night. Um, that's fun. What have you? Yeah. Yeah. My friend said I was a fool to have walked away completely. He says you could have gone to the, like, you know, the, um, lower part of the roster and then you get at least one day every month where you could come in and do shows or whatever to keep your, to maintain your status. Um, but I just kind of wanted a clean break uh, and maybe I should have taken it. Huh? What does that get you? Yeah. Just that you're still in the um, rotation. If you ever want to come back full time and be available for shifts, you can say to them, Hey, I'm ready. I'm available to do some shifts, blah, blah, yeah. Like right now, right now I could totally, if I wanted to, I, if I'm sorry, if I had maintained that status, I could say to them, Hey, I got let go. Uh, I've got time now. If there are any extra shifts or open shifts or people want to give away their shifts, I'm happy to take those shifts and jump in there and start to slowly build my credentials back up. But what? you know, it wasn't in the midst of covid and now you have to run into all kinds of <laughs> random strangers and that's a whole lot of you ain't well, it's not open yet. now right right yeah exactly. but so. even if it was there's no way you go down there yeah yeah true um uh <laughs> just a firing squad every day of virulent little kids no thanks. yeah 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 
Yeah. But I also had some great experiences. You know, I, quite a people get emotional and quite a lot of people get really kind of lost in it. Children have this wide eyed wonder of it all, you know, so it was fantastic oh, yeah. in that way. Um, but anyway, all right. So uh, anyway, we're, we're going to count down these top 10. Is there anything going on in your world, man? What's your update? What's going on with you? Uh, I mean, nothing crazy out of the ordinary. Okay. Tons of stuff around the house. NBA basketball. Dropping dimes is back. Okay. Um, what do we got? We got San Antonio, oh, well, Memphis, Phoenix. San Antonio is now officially or Portland. out. They even, did? Okay. even if they win tonight, they're officially out. Is that because Memphis won or Memphis lost today? Memphis and Phoenix won. So if Toronto loses, those two teams are in. Memphis is in regardless. Wow. So Phoenix needs Toronto to lose. Otherwise, okay. if Toronto wins, they maintain the eight seed. Phoenix drops to the, I mean, pardon me, Memphis drops to the nine. You mean Portland, if Portland wins. Portland, yes, pardon yes. me. Okay, okay. Portland does. Uh, okay. And then Memphis wow. has to beat Portland twice to make the actual playoffs. Portland just has to beat them once. That's the play-in game. So, right. So por- right now, if Portland wins, it's Portland versus Memphis, and Portland just needs to win. But if Portland loses, then it's Memphis who only needs to win once against Portland, and Portland needs to win twice against Memphis. If yeah, right. if Portland wins tonight, then they go into the play the play in game series. Right. Memphis has to win two. Portland has to win one. That's the wow. gist of it. Right. Right now. Right. Okay. As of right now. But if Portland loses tonight, then it's Memphis at eight and Phoenix at nine, and Phoenix has right. to win two more, which would be ten straight, which would be their oh. longest win streak since two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So if Portland loses, they're out. Period. They're out. Wow. They're out. Portland determines their own destiny right now, just like the yeah. other two teams on some level did. If they can't play, beat a third string Nets team, dude, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly. Well, but all of them. I mean, Dallas gave Phoenix the toughest run because Doncic played. Yeah. But true. Giannis is suspended in the Memphis game, and Memphis yeah. blew them out. And Phoenix, last I saw before we started recording, was mm. utterly destroying Dallas. I mean, yeah. I watched three quarters of that game. Uh, they, yeah, they ended up winning one twenty eight one hundred two right now. Yeah. So yeah, they won. <laughs> They were up like double digits for the bulk of that game. Did Giannis sit or did Giannis play against Giannis him? was suspended. He oh, that's right, because that headbutt against the, Mo Wagner. A wizard. Dude, are you worried about him? I know we have to jump into our show, but are you worried about him, man? Because Who? the emotions are starting to get the best of him oh. now. This is twice now in this in these it's great. In this bubble. It's All great. Right. All right. I think it's dangerous, man. Why are you letting a third stringer, third string center on the Washington Wizards? Mess with your head, dude. By all accounts, and I don't watch college basketball, Mo Wagner is an asshole that everybody agrees is an asshole. I don't oh. know him. I don't know him. Okay. So I, I only good. watched a handful of Wizards games, and it was mainly to watch Beal and Hachimura. Right. Uh, I was not paying attention to Mo Wagner and Bertans. I like those three guys a lot. Yes. So he's uh, uh he's he's like the Bobby Hurley or the uh yes the precisely guy was. yeah yeah all right I get it all right. a guy <laughs> that everybody agrees like that dude seems like a dick. <laughs> I don't know anything about him, but all I saw the hubbub on Twitter was <laughs> if you weren't a Michigan fan when he played in college, everybody else in the Big Ten hated you and everybody agreed. Like, it's, it's a common bond we all share. So it's not surprising that a dude like that managed to provoke Giannis eventually because he never gets to be out there to fucking play right, right. You know, that I know of. But once again, I don't watch a lot. This is more Phoenix basketball than I've watched. Oh, yeah. I've watched a handful of games of theirs this year, and I've now seen them, I don't know, five games? Wow. Wow. Because they've been okay. on this win streak. It's been in pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. To watch. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. They've beaten some legit teams. They've also beaten some bullshit, but you you play whoever's in front of you. Right. 
Just, yeah, exactly. You got to win that yeah, way. History. Hey, your uh, your Wizards finally got a W, so congratulations. Oh, on Jesus that. Christ. Who cares? Who cares? You beat the Celtics, who did not play Tatum, Brown, Kemba Walker, Daniel Theus, Gordon Hayward, <laughs> anybody that's legit for them. Well, to be fair, we didn't have Bradley Beal, John Wall, or Bertans on the team either. So, you know. Yeah, and I think Hachimura sat. Yeah, no surprise. You don't want to risk him on the last game of the season. I, I like the Kings coming in and beating the Lakers, though, and LeBron played. So I was like, what's this all about? So it's meaningless. The Lakers have not been trying. It'll be interesting if that hurts them in the playoffs, just because right now, LeBron's always been the guy that I've got another gear for the playoffs, and it's yeah. proven out to be true. That it has. The, that the it West has. is different than the East. Yeah. And you're 35. Yeah, yeah. It's harder. That gear jams a little bit when you're trying to move it between, you know, first yeah. and second. I'll tell you this. Once the playoffs start, I'm going to try and watch as much of those games as I can. I told Lindley already. I was like, honey, the this is one of the most unusual years ever, and there's no Sorry. way I'm missing this, these playoffs. And the potential matchups all have interest for me. All yeah. And so I'm like, okay, there's stuff to – Look at all these things. And shout out to Nate McMillan getting that extension, man. Congratulations to that guy, man. You know, making it work in Indiana better yeah. than most people predicted coming out of uh, Portland. So shout out to him. Um, all right, my man. Uh, let's get into this thing. Uh, uh, you want to tell him how the show works? Yes. Once we chose the Wizarding World of Harry Potter movies, because I guess it would fall under that blank, uh, umbrella or that blanket statement <laughs> for all 10 of them. Uh, once we set that topic, we went our individual ways, created personal top 10 list, showed back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. I, I will be intrigued to, as to what, hopefully we agree with one thing being the worst of the shit. Yes. Yes. Which, which is, go 10 ahead. Three is fantastic beasts and where to find them. Not the crimes of Grindelwald. I actually enjoyed that better. The second, the sequel? Yes. That is universally recognized as the worst uh, area, movie from the Harry Potter universe. Universally, Matt. Wow. Well, All right. So, well, it's in my bottom three, but we're not getting to your list yet. No, we'll yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, please, go ahead. Go ahead. So, no, it's Fantastic wait, wait. Beasts in your bottom three. Where to find? No, he's, no, it's not. So, that's a punt. I guess that's a punt. What's your number nine? I'm shocked. All right. What's your number nine? Oh, oh you froze, Matt. Uh, let me see. Let me see. When you start moving around, I'll bring you back in. Yeah. So Harry Potter and, uh, you know, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. I think you're starting to move around there. You there are. You go. All right. There it is. Good. Good to go. All right. So what's your number nine, my man? Deathly Hallows part one. Uh, okay. That is uh, also a punt. Um, wow. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. I, don't know. I just rewatched all of these. That's why I said it to you. Cause Catherine likes them. She read the yeah. books. Yeah. So we just started it at one and went, watched all the That's way through. Great. That's great. And having now watched, just recently gone them. Yeah, Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Are you now. sure you were awake for all these? Were you watching them? I just want to Wide awake. All right, all right. Wide awake. What's your number eight? Eight is uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay, so that's my number 10. So there we go. Fantastic so, Beast the Crimes of Grindelwald. This is just a terrible movie. But anyway, it, it's your eight. So please, you speak on it, and then I'll talk about it. It's less terrible. The Crimes of Nine to me will get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the punt, I guess we'll get to this one to me was better than the punt because the punt had storylines that didn't go anywhere. So there was literally no point in filming them. Why it was in the script. Maybe there was a payoff for it. I don't understand mm. what not at least narratively. This had an idea of what the fuck it was trying to do mm -hmm. to me a little bit better. Although 
apparently Harry Potter is going to suffer from Star Wars syndrome where it's the same problem they just deal with every 50 years or so. Yes. yes. 40 years. That's yeah. why Star, Star Wars is so stale to me at this point. It's like, we're doing, we're doing this all over again, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. But yes. I, th- I thought Redmayne and uh, the other, uh, the, the female lead, I can't remember her name. Catherine Watterson. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had better chemistry to me in this one. Okay. And, you know, um, I wish the other couple had stayed together, but it was a nice story choice that they made to me to split yeah. them up. Okay. It at least makes it interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't really enjoy the bottom three movies on my list. Right, to me. right. Yeah. It's a top seven. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's all. That's literally all I can really say about Grindelwald. Well, top eight, you mean. It's a top eight, right? Yeah. Um, top I, seven. I, I'm saying eight, nine, and ten. I'm oh, like, right, right, right. Gotcha. Um, yeah, my number ten uh, for so many reasons. I mean, the way they just completely sabotage what they set up in that first fantastic beasts film with that relationship that that decision of hers is so out of left field it doesn't make any sense and Mm -hmm. you make the woman be the one to get seduced by them but it's just so cliche we've seen it for so many decades the same bullshit and i just was like so mad at it then you do the grindelwald thing and then you cop out on the homosexuality it's all right there and you don't have the guts or the balls well they fucking lean into it if she's gonna crow about it and jk crows about it in interviews then show me it don't do little asides this isn't 1956 yes 2019 or 18 whatever it came out so i think they should have like more powerfully leaned into it more powerfully made it a part of the story more powerfully what what was that issue that's all them playing it safe for the red states uh and whatever and i think that was such a cop-out it's not even just the red states it's china it's all the other fair fair yes this is a movie like i understand what you're saying but also everybody going into this expects it to make a minimum of a billion dollars yeah and it didn't so that already kills certain choices well whatever you know the harry potter's it needs to make five hundred million or whatever the case is. Yeah, but this was like this was a complete and utter uh, 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 yeah. failure. They, failure. They have three more to come, apparently. Yeah, so they think. So they yes. say. I don't know. I mean, the Johnny Depp situation. Look, I, I obviously we're hearing more about that coming out. So I, I don't know which side. I, you know, I'm just like I don't. I stay out of it basically. I like him in that character. I would have liked to have seen more of that, but they just, you know, the thing with Nagini, the the snake, all of that was kind of wasted, and everything they'd set up with Ezra Miller in the first film was kind of wasted. And so to me, I thought it was an offensive film to anybody who's a Harry Potter fan. And I'm just watching this going, this is just... This is just ridiculous. And uh, they know that they're making an installment in a series. And I know that the original Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies do a better job of that. Yeah. This feels like, oh, we'll explain it to you later down the road. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. I'm watching this film. And if you're going to present something, then explain it in this film. You can elaborate on it more down the road, but at least explain it to a degree in this film. So it was super frustrating to watch that over, to watch that in the, in these, uh, in this film, in my opinion, which is why. It's just the I, I haven't walked out of Harry Potter film angry, and I walked out of that film like just fuming at the insult that that film was. That's just my personal opinion. I'm telling you, these bottom three movies, they could all not exist, Ooh. and I'd be perfectly fine for me. All right, uh, that was your number eight, eight, right? So then that was my number ten. So then my number nine is uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, that's a punt. Okay, and then my number eight is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I mean, it's it's a slight punt. Okay, that's fine. We'll be going up into uh, your seven and six, so take it away, my man. 
Uh, seven is the Philosopher's Stone for me. Okay, that's my seven. Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone, okay. Philosopher's Stone. Yes, I agree. Yes. Uh, oh, say, uh, that's right. The, for the U.S., it was changed to Sorcerer's Stone because yeah. somehow the philosophers didn't translate. I, you could call it whatever the fuck you want. I really believe so, too, man. Everybody yeah. knows the first Potter film. As if... I don't know if they just did that because it, people might be lost. Like, what is philosophy? Like, yeah. Americans are going to be turned off by the idea of thought. What, like, it's a children's movie, guys. Ooh, I know what a sorcerer is. I don't know what philosophy is. Whoa. Well, yeah, who is it? Plato just handing out stones? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> um, You'll get the stone. You'll get it's the stone. <laughs> really fun. Yes, very fun. A kid's a, movie, though, man. It is. It's a great introduction to this world. Yeah. And they slowly introduce... I like all the, the small little parts best, like the moving yeah. stairs and the artwork that can move and yes. nearly headless Nick yeah. and all the fun, inventive things that would capture a child's imagination. They really pull it off mm-hmm. uh, well to introduce this crazy world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. With you. I agree with you. And, you know, you get Hagrid and you get that connection mm-hmm. with Harry and Harry kind of figure out who he is and what this whole world is that he is walking into. So the wide eyed wonder of a child and what this whole thing can encapsulate, but also thrown into danger, also bringing up the uh, history with uh, the death of his parents and how mm-hmm. Voldemort or he or shall not be named at the time uh, plays into that. You know, we see the flashbacks, we see uh, uh, McGonagall and uh, we see Dumbledore, you know, with Harry and carrying the child and all of that. You see so much of the world that is to come, and that Mm -hmm. is so great. And then you would get to enjoy Hogwarts and all the different things that are going on at Hogwarts. And uh, like you said, the moving stairs, the paintings, everything. Uh, We get the Draco Malfoy situation laid out for us right off the bat. We know who the villain or the quote-unquote villain is from the beginning with Harry. You should basically join our side, and you can just tell the way you set up. Yeah, she's like, uh, ugh, like I don't like anything about you. The elitism of it all. Uh, yeah. You get the classes, you know, the funny stuff with the broom, with the the feather, the Wingardium Leviosa. All of that uh, is there to enjoy in the first film. Um, but uh, you know, but it is a kids' film, and so for mm-hmm. me, it's sweet, but it's not one I'm going to necessarily run back to uh, and enjoy. But if it was on, I don't mind watching it, and so that's okay. why I put it at seven. Yeah, yeah. What's your six? Six is Chamber of Secrets. All right, so that's my eight. One one from eight. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, I just, you know, as the slow progression, the the introduction of the basilisk, like getting the world becomes a little bit more menacing. And uh, it's when they kill the first Horcrux, but they don't know that at that time. It's a pretty, you know, violent scene, the buildup to that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That's the Tom Riddle, you know, introduction of that villain and then who that villain yeah. ends up being i am lord voldemort mm-hmm. uh, voldemort um yeah just good it's it you know after this movie is when it turns a corner and it, it just becomes really good to me the whole series yeah. after that i thoroughly enjoy except for deathly Hallows part one yeah yeah uh anything from you yeah oh uh, yeah with the chamber of secrets to me it's 161 minutes so it's the longest i think of the potter ones until we get to deathly Hallows. I think it still might be the longest one, but it's so overstuffed, Matt. That's the thing that bothers me the most. Is okay. They try to throw so much of what happens in the book into this, and it shows because it's like, oh, and then this, oh, and then this, and then this, and then this. And although the stuff down in the um, 
basement with a snake and all of that is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and I like that, uh, you know, with the yeah. tooth and everything like that, and the water, all of it is pretty awesome. Getting there uh, takes such a long time. And I think there was a, a way to flesh out that world because that's essentially what they want to do with the second film is flesh out more of the Wizarding World and Hogwarts yeah. and all of that. Uh, and it does start, I think, isn't this the one that starts with the, the flying car into the Weeping Willow yes. uh, and all of that? So that's a Ooh. great beginning but yeah, then yeah. it becomes like kind of like a you know we're slogging through this to get to what we've got to get to and so for me it just kind of drags the film down a little bit it feels overweighty uh and i really only go back to watch a couple of scenes or three or four scenes from the movie itself so that's what yeah. keeps it uh moving higher up plus i felt like columbus was at that point where he's like yeah this is the best i got this is all i can after this i got no more i get this is it this is all i can give you right here so i'm gonna throw everything and the kitchen sink into this one and see what works so I just felt that way about it. Still, though, he pulled it off. It did. It's not an unwatchable movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly starts to preview the darkness that is to come in the next installment mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and you yeah. got to give him credit for crafting this world that seems so believable. Like Hogwarts mm. genuinely is a place that I would love to visit as yeah. would you and anybody else. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. To bring that to life, even just the fucking architecture alone yeah. Yeah. and set perched above this lake and this huge you know spires that go up yeah um they're like harry's room that appears to be up in one of those spires how badass would it be if that's your room (laughs) i love that the idea of the dormitory and they split off but they're still in this medieval type of you know boarding house castle thing yeah true 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 Uh, true all right, so that was that's my six. What do you got? Uh, another thing, also, one more thing, is that it, they do a nice job of introducing Dobby in this film as well. I like Dobby and the way he's yeah. presented in the movie and um, very and funny. And Lucius. Very and then, yeah, yeah, Lucius. yeah. Once Dobby realizes and then Dobby's standing up for Harry Potter. Right. And just, right. you know, bitch slapping Lucius. <laughs> it's, it's good. It, it makes you feel good. The, the series true. does do that. Draco gets his come up in numerous times and it feels good every time. That way, that's for sure. He does do that. All right. So now my number six then is uh, because number seven is the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone with Matt. My number six is is, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So the punt from earlier uh, is six. Uh, Not my top five, but I certainly do enjoy this movie. I like what um, Eddie Redmayne does. I like what Catherine Watterson does. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, uh, Goldie uh, uh, and the other guy that that they they Mm -hmm. have their, their romance, their relationship. Um, it's very sweet and it saves the movie. It isn't the relationship between Waterston yeah. and uh, no. what's his face? They have and, zero uh, chemistry. Yeah, they do really have zero chemistry. Um, and I'm not a biggest fan of Catherine Waterston. She annoys the shit out of me in Inherent Vice. So I just, okay. I'm, I don't know if it is, but I think she does a good job with this character. I think she's certainly a good actress. Obviously, she comes from good stock with Sam being her dad. But like this is overall, though, I just felt like this one had some interesting things and that relationship is so sweet and cute and fun. And then we get the idea of the American, uh, you know, the American uh, wizards and that whole federation and what they do. Uh, I think Gugu and Buthura is the actress that plays the head of the federation there. And then the twist of Ezra Miller with turning into Johnny Depp. That's an awesome twist as well. Uh, and then what Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Colin Farrell turning I'm sorry, Colin Farrell. Sorry, Colin Farrell. Uh, I hated that. I hated you that. You did? Really? Okay. Yeah. The two leads have zero chemistry. There's the newspaper angle that has no hmm. bearing on the story whatsoever. So why the fuck does it detour 
it two or three different times to explain a backstory that has no payoff, relevance, or connection to the overall story. It's just okay. crammed in there. It's like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And I had to stare at just this listless couple that, I mean, zero spark, zero yeah. spark between the two of them. It's like, this is so dull to watch. I fucking hated that movie. Okay, all right, yeah, I, 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 coming through loud and clear, my man. Um, let me see if I want to get this right. Uh, the people involved in here, Jacob, yes, Dan Fogler, Jacob and Goldie, yeah, though their, their relationship is They're just awesome. so fantastic, right? And that's the, I mean, the, his reaction when the rain comes and she, and he starts to forget her, that is like, oh, heartbreaking. And then when he shows up later, you know, so Dan Fogler, I think, really does an incredible job of keeping you dialed into the movie because yeah, he could have easily, right? Yeah, keeping it real. He easily could have slid into caricature and um, mm-hmm. playing him for laughs or comic relief that doesn't have any real weight to it. But Dan does bring it such a, a, a vulnerability wow. and foundational vulnerability to him uh, that you buy. They were flat out awesome, and I wish yeah. the movie was about them. Yeah, uh, a thousand percent. Yeah, which is why I was mad with the sequel that they broke them up because I'm like, the whole fucking reason that first wow. movie worked, you tore it apart. I don't. It makes yes, no but, sense. But because they're not the main characters, yeah. So it didn't. It didn't bother me because it's like, well, at least their storyline to me is interesting. Mm. They're they're torn apart and do they mend and come back together ultimately in like the third movie or the fourth movie yeah. and then she helps defeat like she jumps back over with him because he's obviously on Red Main side right. and they stand up and it's her sister also for the Ministry of Magic in Europe or England or wherever the fuck she works right right she's an aura yeah whatever that aura. means I don't yeah. know uh I it, at least they, they're they're laying the groundwork for some developing storyline that I can get into as opposed to newspaper angle that has nothing inert yeah. leads that do nothing for me because I, th- I thought they were actually their chemistry was a little bit better in this one yeah yeah um or i grindelwald, do want, rather sorry and grinton and crowns grindelwald um I, I apologize to everybody it's not goldie it's queenie sorry about that everybody it is queenie allison sudol who plays her and it is not gugu and Boothura. it's carmen ajogo so i apologize to everybody listening to us y'all can calm down now stop yelling at the at your uh whatever you're listening to us on i apologize a, a thousand percent just made a mistake there uh, i'm not as schooled in the in those two films as, uh, as i am in some of the other harry potter ones but yeah uh this th- it just keeps me interested in the film more and and i love the way they play the little animals thing and then when he goes inside uh, eddie redmay goes inside his suitcase and into that world of all those animals i really love it um and that little hint of you know what's to come in the sequel because of his uh fascination or relationship or love for that girl that left him you know that ends up becoming i think zoe kravitz plays her in the sequel uh so for me that's what that's what really worked uh overall uh in the film so that's it just keeps me i don't think it's as bad the second one is just like i i just i just got angry coming out of the theater yeah uh lita lestrange yeah zoe kravitz yeah lita lestrange yeah maybe it's because i watched it in the context of when we were watching all these i'd never seen it because i heard it was terrible i tried to watch it when we flew over london i fell asleep in the first i saw the carriage scene Mm. in the very beginning and i fell asleep during that so i didn't see how but it's also dead tired so yeah fair enough dude but it could keep me awake (laughs) it's like seven minutes in yeah uh all right matt before we get into our fobs what do we got to do brother Take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsor. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's jump into our top fives. The show is breezing along. Uh, let's get into well, it. I mean, what? there's only 10 movies. We're never yeah. going to, exactly. you know, going to be anything off of it. Five is the punt from you earlier. God of fire. Oh, okay. Please go ahead. It's 
you know, you're bringing in a different aspect of with the, the, the tournament of champions or whatever mm. in the world it's called, there's danger that's presented within there. It ends up Quidditch five world because Cup. I think it's, yeah. what's that? The Quidditch world cup. Yes. Well, no, that's where it Oh, starts. you're talking about later. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. when they're Sorry actually in the tournament yes. for the Goblet of Fire itself yes. to be the overall champion. Usually there's only three, but this year Harry it's got the, in. It's the Triwizard Tournament. There yes. you go, the Triwizard and the Triwizard Cup mm-hmm. or the Tri-Tournament Cup or something along those lines. Anyway, um, so introduction of Mad-Eye Moody, but it's not Mad-Eye Moody. Right. But great, huge, over-the-top character brought to, uh, brought to life by Brendan Gleeson. Yes, and uh, who doesn't love Brendan Gleeson every time he comes in? True. And that, I think it's that and the overall build to when they go to the cemetery with Voldemort and Wormtail. Mm. And they bring in the Death Eaters with Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy, and some of the others. You don't know who they are at this point in the, the right. movie or the, the series. But the build there to them, the jumping back, I think that scene captures so much magic and really helps flesh out the overall story and world building within yeah. Harry Potter. Um, they just do it better in later films for me, but I love the addition of now what I don't understand is, so you see it numerous times within Harry Potter yeah. and people fucking with Quidditch matches like Hermione does it. What twice. Yeah. And then in Sorcerer's stone, Snape is stopping the, the one uh, professor who's trying to fuck with Harry while he's right, doing it. Right, right, right. And he finds out afterwards. So how at the World Cup do they stop people from doing magic? Because we have like 200,000 people in this huge complex. Mm. Is Do they put up some barrier force field shield or something? Well, I'm see, just watching this. And Go here's ahead. why, here's where we get into why Goblet of Fire is so low on my list. Because okay. they introduce a World Cup and then you don't see any of it other than the introductions of Victor Crumb and whoever else is on the Ireland team, it is such a fucking letdown. And when you apparently in the book, it is an extensively huge scene. So to not have it in the film was an insult to me. And I think because they thought, well, we can't do a soccer version of a tournament. People would lose their, you know, they're not sports. We're making it for the nerds. And I think that might have been the mentality of Warner Brothers to cut that entire sequence out because then Victor Crumb is just turned into some caricature of a meathead. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't really have like weight to him so that when we see Ron threatened by Victor, it's all about looks. Right, and they talk about, oh, how great he is, but we don't see how great he is. It's great True. that Ron knows. It's great that the Weasley know, Weasleys know, but we don't. And I think that was such a massive mistake. I also think Robert Pattinson's dad in the film is such a – is overacting his face off in this film. And he's not usually an overactor. I've seen it. He's in two films. scenes, three scenes. Yeah, but like, <sighs> all of that is just his ridiculous. His son just fucking died. Yeah, but it's a terrible reaction. Uh, you know, t- tearing your. Well, I think I think off. at that point you were fed up with the movie because you realized the World Cup wasn't going to pay off, and that's why you're like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, too. from the opening five minutes. Yes, uh, I understand but, uh, fully why they don't bog down in. Well, it's quick. It's not bogging down. Well, that movie is still two twenty. So you wanted to go back to the problem that you had with Chamber of Secrets, which is ballooning this out so we can cram in oh. because they still. Do trust a me ton on, of movie. Trust me on this. I could cut out a lot of that movie to make way for the World Cup, to make yeah. way for that Quidditch World Cup. But um, most of the kids are tuning in for the magic at Hogwarts, not the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, they all read the books. They love the World yes. Cup aspect of it all. So, But if I you had to give them a choice, 
we have to cut one or the other. I would imagine most of them would say what you did seems correct because we spend more time in the meat of the story at Hogwarts. I don't speak for kids. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Uh, uh, I, I think the other thing that's an issue too for me is that I find the the Bobatons also like what, what we don't get to get to know them a little bit more uh, with Clemens Poesy's character, uh, you know, what she's got going on. And so it just becomes caricature rather than depth, rather than something more for us to hold on to, you know, and we get Mad-Eye Moody and baby and I'm sorry. And uh, that guy, David Tennant, Tennant yeah. being being so he overacts the shit out of his role too. the ah, that stupid tongue thing all of it across the board is just so overacting and birdie uh, you know being so obtuse to what's happening so purposely obtuse just too, they're asking too much of of this situation and it doesn't just it just doesn't work for me it becomes boring uh, until you get into the uh graveyard then it kind of picks up a little bit of steam but then what happens harry's able to hold him off anyway and you're just like well then what the waiting for if harry can really hold this guy off what's the big deal i don't I mean, know yeah kind of, well voldemort wasn't at full strength he wasn't even anywhere near full st- uh, look i'm just telling Kid's you 14 years old yeah but he just took human form again yeah. so you wanted to be like captain america and as soon as he gets the serum he's instantly <laughs> captain america i prefer that's, that his strength has to issue. build over time that's your issue <laughs> well that's the problem with captain america first avenger Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. takes a serum and becomes god like yeah. all right that's a bit that's a bit far that's how it works it's not um, how it works for any other superhero they have to fall before they can walk sure captain america never had that problem though even in the comics um that's why captain america son uh or captain america uh but either way i just i find i and i and i watched the film matt this is a film i tested all the time back when i was doing dvd testing so i watched this film ad nauseum that that also could be factoring it could be it could be but i just don't i don't find it as interesting as other people do or as fascinating as other people do and i think pattinson gets better as an actor from this movie forward for sure Um, you know there's no question whatsoever but yeah it's not like he does a bad job okay okay still a kids movie you have to think about now or a a teen a young teen movie at this point I don't know if I can put that excuse on it because Azkaban is between Goblet of Fire and uh, different and, directors. Uh, right. Exactly. So there is in a good director's hands. And look, David Yates is a good director. I'm not going to bash David Yates, but in the right director's hands, was it David Yates? Or was it Mike? No, Nichols? David Yates I think came, it was Mike Nichols. Yeah. Cause it goes in Columbus, in to somebody else. And then Yates takes over. And now Yates, that's just, that's, you know, this series has bought him his house, his beach house, right. his house <laughs> in the mountains, his right whatever the hell he wants mike newell mike newell the guy who directed donnie brasco did this film did he do two of them didn't they have two guys in between and around to somebody somebody then yates took over for deathly hallows and he did goblet of fire i think yates comes on with uh order of the phoenix does he okay let me check i thought it might have been half blood prince and then he does deathly hallows and then he takes over the fantastic beasts order of phoenix is david yates yeah. All right. Yeah. Because right, because this Goblet of Fire is before. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince, Hallows One, Hallows Two. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. This is, I just I just hate the movie, man. What can I tell you? I don't like the movie. All right. That's my five. What do you got at five? Uh, I got uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, which is the punt from earlier. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Oh God. Thanks. Mind numbingly boring. Mm-hmm. 
They're in that fucking tent for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is so. The, this is you guys suffered from hobbitis, <laughs> where you're trying to take one book and turn it into five hours of movie between the two movies, mm-hmm. and you just shouldn't have done it because yeah. we we could easily cut an hour of this, an hour. I found it to be a, a very contemplative and reflective film that I enjoyed very much about the in the transition as they're going into part two, this idea of reflecting back on all six of the films and the adventures that they've been on and the relationships they've established with each other. I enjoyed that. It's more of a murder mystery. It was like, okay, where's the Horcruxes? What's this all about? How do we get to them? Where's this little thing? Uh, all of it, I really enjoyed. Uh, the stuff with Dobby, I enjoyed. Um, all of it that they've got going on in that first, in the first Deathly Hallows, and and what's her face, uh, Beatrix, the yeah. strange her her connection to all of this, how how evil she is, and Voldemort, what he's doing. You see all the machinations being laid out for what you're going to see in part two, and I actually found it to be a nice film to just sit back and relax and. Just live in the world of Harry Potter as you go along. I didn't need it to be this action adventure film. I was really cool just kind of sitting back a little bit and just savoring the world and following their journey. And yeah, the tent gets a bit tedious. I don't, I'm not going to deny that. A tent at times gets a bit tedious, but also it's where they get their relationships challenged. You know, it's almost like what, what was that? Um, what was that in the garden in Jesus when he goes off, you know, when everybody falls asleep and he goes off and gets tempted by the devil. That was essentially kind of that sequence or that scene uh, there laid out with there's this temptation of the, of, of for the first time ever, Harry and Hermione possibly doing something and how that could affect Ron later. Ron gets pissed off about it. Jealous. Never going to happen. So I mean, that's fine. But I, I like that they explored it. Well, but Ron, well, because of the influence of the Horcrux takes something that is nothing there's no way these two friends haven't shared a look like that over the course of their entire friendship. And he mm-hmm. takes it as some sort of jealous, sexual jealousy and he storms off yeah. and then they're stuck together for a long time. So then they start to blossom feelings. It's kind of like Kira Knightley and Johnny Depp in the second pirates. It's like, why is she flirting with him? Kind of Right. Right. That was weird in the pirates movie, but in this movie, it makes sense, right? Cause of the Horcrux and all that you just mentioned. No, it doesn't make sense to you. Okay. No, well, because we've seen the influence. If the Horcrux is going to do to Ron what it did mm-hmm. to Ron, they wouldn't have this beautiful moment between them. They could have mm-hmm. the passion and the sexual energy and whatnot, but this is an innocent thing of just, you know, it, it much too nice for a corrupting influence like a Horcrux to me. Okay. All right. Fair. But they're in the fucking woods in that tent for a solid hour. Yeah, I think it's the this, last. This is the only movie scale. I fell asleep in. Okay. Okay. I liked it. I liked it. I liked that it takes its time. I liked that it's a, an enjoyable uh, walk through Harry Potter as opposed to the run it's, through Harry Potter that I feel something. It's got some good scenes. The Dobby do. stuff that you brought up. Oh, yes. The Dobby stuff is great, dude. And that's this is the opening one where the woman is uh, being levitated. Yes. And it's the professor that believes that uh, muggles aren't, you know, bad. Yeah. In essence. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, I mean, that is a vicious scene that they're yeah. going through. And it's almost like Untouchables when. Voldemort is walking behind people like Capone does. Yeah. In Untouchables. It's got that menacing vibe, even though nothing's he's just asking for their wands to try and use. And then yeah. um, the snake yeah, coming right. in after that, like it's got those moments. And then it's yeah. just this abyss in between of, I could give two shits about. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So then what's your number four, man? Four is half blood prints. Uh, okay. That's a punt. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. What is your four? Uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is my four. Okay. That's my three. Okay. I like this one a lot, dude. This one has grown on me more and more as I've kind of watched these films less and less. I've become more picky about the ones I do want to watch. Uh, and certainly Order of the Phoenix is one of the ones that's kind of moved up the chain for me. I remember watching it in the throes of the Harry. We were getting Harry Potter every year, every two years. Yeah. And all of that. And it kind of got lost in the mix for me because I'm like, let's get to the next installment. Right. I was in that place yeah. mentally and going back to rewatch this is fucking awesome. Plus, I mean, the way it kind of resonates with our world now with what Dorothy uh, Dolores Umbridge is doing in this film and mm -hmm. the whole idea of the pink thing and the prissy way she does the evil stuff that she's doing, the gaslighting that you see happening throughout this movie and the way they band together to go after her and hide out in that uh, in that room to figure things out. We get more with uh, Luna Lovegood. We get more with Cho Chan. We get more with Harry, you know, teaching them. This is Harry growing into his power yeah. uh, as a teacher to this army and going after her, you know, and, and organizing this army. Oh, and oh, and then we have, uh, you know, uh, Voldemort coming on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Well, yeah, you just you finally understand who Snape is on some level. Yes, right. The big reveal that's coming. They've been hinting at it and hinting at it and hinting at it, type of thing. Yep. Uh, that is really good. I think the, you know, it's a team up on on two sides. There's the established Order of the Phoenix already. Yep. And then Harry. When he sits down in that tavern with all the kids, and in essence, like I, I just got lucky. Yeah, it's a very honest, you know, in movies, the veteran soldier and whatnot, and be like, sometimes it's just luck. That's how you yeah. make it out. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's also the the rousing speech of, you don't get the courage to do something until after you do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, right. Right the weird way that life works sometimes. So you're not going to, you know, know that you can take fire until you've taken fire. Exactly. Uh, but you have to go out there and teach it. And they're like, yeah, but you've done those things, even though he's backing off of wanting to be the leader of this. And yeah, the seeing all of them grow, it's a great like little eighties. We're talking about a montage, <laughs> Yeah, but it, it works. It's it totally not like works. cheesy. Yeah. They yeah, keep floating yeah. in and out and they, you can see that they're progressively getting better as opposed to yeah, in one yeah. montage, they go from shit to amazing. Right. Right. Like they keep bringing it back and in, in the, the almost Keystone cops esque with the janitor that's trying to catch him because he's yeah, all, he's fawning over Dolores and she's not really giving the time of day type right. of thing. But there's a nice little subtext of a guy you've never really trusted Full on now, you don't trust at all because he's mm -hmm. siding with someone you can clearly see is you know evil. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, it just over and over. They they managed to do that, bring a lot of fun into, and I I think you're right. It gets lost in the shovel because you know Deathly Hallows is coming right after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough little film too, man. I really enjoy uh, um, how dark they get in this movie, man. Because Dolores Umbridge is. Is a full on like villain like that. That's first that to me, that's the first real, real villain that they confront throughout the first five movies. Yeah. This is the one like, yeah, you got Draco and Lucius and of course, Voldemort in the cemetery and Goblet of Fire. But that's still, as you said, Matt, that's him still building up to being this thing. It isn't until Dolores shows up that they really understand 
how evil adults can be, you know, and this is something yeah. all kids kind of go through at certain stages of their lives as they get older, you know, like once you hit that teen, those teenage years, all of a sudden, you know, the dads that you knew when you were 10 or the moms that you knew when they were 10, once you get to 15, 16, all of a sudden you start seeing, oh crap, these are people that kind of do terrible things or can do terrible some things. of them yeah some of them exactly some of them not all obviously but like you get you get woken up to the truth of it right and so you're like mm -hmm. oh my god and so that's the thing that that uh, yeah. i think dolores umbridge represents or you get a teacher who is willfully evil to the students because that person is unhappy with their life you know you see that coming through with dolores umbridge as well or you see political figures in power who mm -hmm. want to maintain power by lying or gaslighting or or doing whatever possible to trick people into voting for them or whatever you know well, it's, it's it's disgusting the the ministry of magic this is also the reason it's my three i love the yeah. simplicity of the ending of the ministry of magic only gets a glimmer yeah just a glimpse of voldemort and that's all he needed he had to confront the what he's been trying to deny himself yes yes and just the he's alive and that's all it was such vindication because harry had been you know yeah people have been confronting him that uh there's a one kid who has a line like every other movie and he's yeah. telling me, like, well, my mom doesn't Shameless. believe in you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why should I take yeah. the thing? Yeah. And he's, you know, in essence, the Ministry of Magic in, in this is Chamberlain wanted to deny the threat of Hitler. Right, right. And finally had to come to terms with the fact that you were wrong and then resigning from your position because you have no other choice than to deny the ultimate evil that's been staring you in the fucking face. And everybody's been telling you the whole time, yeah. the whole time, Chamberlain, Hitler is a problem. We need to do something about Hitler. No, he's not gonna. He's not gonna invade France. This this feels personal between you and Chamberlain, man. This feels personal. No, it just, <laughs> everything else you read of him, he was a a, a fairly good politician sure. and had a good Prime handle on the world sure. and a true statesman of his era. Yeah, yeah. did not see the threat of Hitler. Just like nah, he's fine. They're just building up their military and sitting at you know across yeah. from Poland, guys. What's the big Nothing deal? Nothing wrong. It's a little land grab. That's fine. It's nobody's important. <laughs> Um, Good point. But yeah, just the, the simplicity of that when he had to confront he's real. Yeah. The vindication for Harry and then you see all the, the newspapers and all that jazz afterwards. It frustrates just, the piss out of me because I'm like, it took you this long to finally fucking get it, you know, but that's what it is sometimes, right? Matt, when you're a kid, adults don't want to believe you until they actually see it for themselves. And so that's that's an aspect to it as well that I thought uh, was well done by the film. Um, all right. So that was what? Your number four, my number four? My, my number three, your four, I believe. So what's okay. your your four? So my four was Order of the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. My three is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Okay, that's my number two. Okay, all right. Um, I think had I not done the rewatch, I think I would have had Deathly Hallows Two like three, four somewhere. Okay, because originally when I saw it in the theater, I liked it, but I was like, it just turned into the Neville Longbottom show. Yeah, because he killed the snake and he blew up the bridge. But upon rewatching, he's like, those are the only really two things. The momentum yeah. of all that didn't carry as much weight upon the rewatch uh, this time because I don't think I've seen it since the theater itself. Oh yeah, right. Um, and I think it's 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 actually kind of nice that Harry doesn't and Ron and Hermione don't solve every situation that some other kids because I think I might have not fully grasped the fact that Lestrange killed his parents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. perhaps by the time, because there's years in between, I forget certain story elements, whereas on the rewatch, when you're barreling through, yeah. that he has as much connection to this problem as, as Harry does or anyone else, mm -hmm. and like why Hermione has to fight with, if they win, then my parents are dead type of yeah. thing. Like, there right. is no room in this world for me or for them. Yeah. 
Um, and that connection. And I just, you know, it's a satisfying conclusion. It's really tough to do the fight between Harry and Voldemort because you could end up uh, Matrix Revolution style where yeah. it's Superman and it does, doesn't look real. And yeah. in this, they're like, you know, they're aspirating because that's one of the the abilities that Voldemort has. And they're yeah. flying around. And it's this weird face-to-face and it's the kinetic energy um, works in that instance. And they land on the ground and to see magic kind of turn into plasma. It's like this sense of energy. You yeah. palpably feel, feel it. I just the overall build and then um, them 19 years later or whatever it was. Yeah. It's, it's satisfying. They don't look 19 years older. Right, 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 right. But I it's mean, still it, satisfying. Yeah. It says, yeah, you're right. It's satisfying. They survived. It's satisfying. Uh, you know, that Ron gets with Jenny and they have kids. And yeah, and Draco Hermione. has a family. Right, right. I or wish they had had a moment. Yeah, yeah. Or Draco. Oh, with his, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like look at each other. It's a first year and just kind of nod. Yeah. knowingly like what we lived through and who we used to be and who we are now and right right well just um, like just like a uh, you know if you were to stay in the same town and that school bully grows up and you guys are in your 30s and you're like oh man that was a time wasn't it you know yeah. it's all different now you know because you got, got their shit together he like, yeah exactly yeah he, you know he's he looks just like he did as a child everything is crisp and clean and perfect but perhaps yeah. he's still slithering but not all slithering or, or terrible people you know yeah 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 they just have certain abilities that gravitate towards that house yeah now if you if you had to choose i don't know why anybody doesn't choose either slytherin or gryffindor what are the attributes of hufflepuff and ravenwood well ravenclaw first of or all. ravenclaw sorry. ravenclaws are the intelligent ones so let's just put that out there right all right now. so then hufflepuff um are they like the bubbly luna might have been a hufflepuff luna was a hufflepuff uh, its founder was the medieval witch Helga Hufflepuff. Uh, Hufflepuff is the most, uh, what do they say, is the most inclusive among the four houses. Oh, so a progressive house is what I would say. Valuing hard work, dedication, patience, loyalty, and fair pr- play rather than a particular aptitude in its members. Uh, the animal's a badger. Uh, the head of the Hufflepuff is Pomona Sprout. And the Fat Friar is the house's patron ghost. Hufflepuff uh, corresponds roughly to the element of earth. And it is for that reason that the house colors were chosen yellow representing wheat, while black was emblematic of the soil. So there you go, man. They're known to be hardworking, friendly, loyal, honest, and rather impartial. So they could be judges. Okay. Uh, Hufflepuffs. Um, let's see. Let's 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 see the Ravenclaw one because I know that's that's what I am. I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm certainly identify with the Ravenclaw for life. You got that Gothic style tattooed across your fucking uh, chest, don't you? I'm gonna pull out my scarves in a second. Uh, <laughs> Did you buy the like the the fucking meaty heavier? Scarf? Oh yeah, I have the two scarves. I have the one that says Ravenclaw that looks like a soccer scarf, and then I have the long one with the different. Uh, is the different thread colors. count like six, and they're just these big ropes? It's insane. It's insane how long that scarf is. Uh, it's one of the four houses. Rowena Ravenclaw. Yes, uh, Ravenclaws are known for their wisdom, cleverness, and wit. Uh, they correspond to the element of air. They possess traits of cleverness, intellectual ability, and creativity. They are uh, Ravenclaws are so competitive when it comes to academic success that they are known to backstab each other and likely other students in order to get top marks. I'm not saying I backstabbed anybody, but I am certainly super competitive. So uh, I would throw that in the mix there for me. Matt, what do you say? So what do you say? So what are you? A Slytherin? I, I don't Slytherin? know. I don't I really. Like you might don't be really clear. I, I could say the same about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't know. I could be a Slytherin. Cunning and ambitious. I'm not cunning. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, and a tendency to look after their own. 
Slytherin has produced its share of dark witches and wizards. What do you see? You don't you don't see yourself in any of the houses? No. I, like the jam. Who who doesn't want to say they're a Gryffindor for the altruistic, mm. you know, aspects of it? Sure. The, the the champions. Who doesn't want to be part of the the winning squad week in week out? It's the best. Uh, I think I, I I like their sigil, their house back. arms, whatever it is. Yeah, the co- the coat of arms. Yeah. Um. They're a little cocky, uh, in my opinion. I don't like them. The colors, that's called confidence. It's not cockiness. There's a difference. Look, they back it up, man. They got they got HP. They only got HP though. He's like LeBron. Everyone else is the LeBronettes, man. Well, I mean, they got Hermione's not Gryffindor. Is she Gryffindor? She's Gryffindor. Just so Ron is Gryffindor. Ron is Gryffindor. Yeah, Hermione. Uh, Robert Pattinson was Gryffindor. Neville Longbottom is Gryffindor. Neville Longbottom, who's a champion. Uh, Dumbledore is Gryffindor. McGonagall yeah, is exactly. Gryffindor. Okay. Remus Luke, Sirius Black. All right. Whereas I'm, I would imagine uh, Redmayne is Hufflepuff. Connection Eddie to Red. Earth. To Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, sorry. What's his Whatever. character's name? Do you remember? No. Uh, it's <laughs> something... That's not like Twitch. It's, People are uh, getting so mad at us, man. They're listening. This is getting said. They're probably even super I mad at me. I just watched that too. For having watched. <laughs> having been in this park. Those were the last two. It's just like, oh, we uh, made it for all the good ones. Now on to these. <laughs> yeah, Rowena Ravenclaw. Uh, Phileas Fitwick is the head of the Ravenclaw house. Uh, he's the charms professor at Hogwarts. Uh, let's see. Uh, Garrick, Garrick Ollivander, who's a wand maker. See, that makes sense. Sybil Trelawney, uh, Quirinus Quirrell, who's defense against the dark arts. Uh, Gildroy Lockhart, who is, uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. He is, uh, a, uh, a thing. Out for himself. Yes. Luna Lovegood, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Respect, respect, respect. Uh, he is out for himself. Absolutely. You're not going to deny that for sure. Um, God damn it. What is his fucking name in Harry Potter? It's driving me nuts now. Who, Redmaine's? Yeah. Just look up Newt, Newt's Newt. commander. There it is. What is yes. Newt's house? It's got to be Hufflepuff. It has so. to be. There's Given the description that you said earlier, there's no he way. He is a Hufflepuff. Yes, you're absolutely right, Matt. He's a Hufflepuff. His brother may have been Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. What was his brother's name? Do you remember? And then, no. Zoe Kravitz was definitely Slytherin. Yeah, she's Slytherin. Uh, I would guess the aura, his uh, Redmayne's love interest, Watterson. Is that what you said? Yeah, Catherine Watterson. She would probably be Ravenwood. Okay. Guess. Theseus is Hufflepuff. His brother is Hufflepuff, man. Mm, fascinating. He's a pure blood, sometimes a half blood, considered half blood. He's unmarried. He's a human male. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> He's a fucking Hufflepuff. So. Oh, man, this is great. Catherine, one more. Catherine Waterston. Uh, let's see. Um, what is she? You could tell me Gryffindor, but for some reason, Ravenclaw sounds. Uh, what's? Do you remember what her name is in the movie? Yeah, I think it was just five Zs right next to each oh. other. <laughs> Tina Goldstein. Porpin Tina Goldstein. I mean, if Rachel Silverstein is listening to us right now, she is throwing things at the wall. And I know she's flipping the fuck out. Let's see. Why? Because she loves Fantastic Beasts? Oh, yeah, she knows she's a massive Harry Potter fan. She knows everything about Harry Potter. That's fine. I got love for quite a few of them. For, yeah. In essence, we seven wouldn't have them. them down if we didn't. That's for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched mm. all of them, minimum, well, outside of Grendelwald. I've seen all of them at least twice now. She's an Auror. 
for sure. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say what house she is in. Am I am I missing it here? American Half Blood. Do they not? Oh, so maybe they don't. She's attended the Livermore oh, School. She's okay. sorted into the Thunderbird house. So she's a Thunderbird. Is yeah, something is. different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, completely different. Thunderbird. Yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. Where are we at? Jesus Christ. Let's finish this countdown. Where that was my two and your three. What's your two? It's a punt from earlier. Yeah. Harry Potter and Half Blood Prince. Okay. Yeah, I like the Half-Blood Prince a lot, man. I mean, the stuff that happens with Snape and uh, Dumbledore there as well, the kind of uh, exploration of who um, Tom Riddle is and uh, get little nice little background. I think Jim Broadbent is great in the movie as well. We get some background on uh, on uh, um, on uh, Voldemort and what, how that came to be. Uh, so there's so much that gets – and we see now Voldemort having a stronger grip on the house – on the on – the, uh, sorry, on the um, – on the hair on Hogwarts and everything that he's doing there. So you get so much about that, that I really enjoyed just the way it was shot to as one of said, look, I know you didn't like Deathly Hallows. You thought it was boring. This isn't a fast paced film either. It's kind of takes its time where it's going. Yeah. It just has more interesting things going on as it's going, as it progresses throughout yeah. the film. Mistakenly, I said it went Goblet of Fire, then Deathly it goes Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly. Right. But I think that pace suits it because you know, at least it, when I saw the theater and mm. still kind of feel to this days, you know, it's building to the big, big crescendo. So yes. this is, this is the two towers. Like this is the final oh, bridge to point. get over yeah. the hump to the, the happy conclusion. So I like it for that. Like all these things up in the air, plus Dumbledore dying. How, yes. when they do the flashbacks of, of, uh, uh, Voldemort, Tom Riddle, do you ever trust that kid? Like he yeah. is way too, conniving and cunning from the outset great job whoever that actor was yes yes he's so evil yes yeah just in in small little scenes especially the the memory that's that uh, broadbent gives them because but he's been holding back it's the corrupted one that dumbledore is like we need to find out what really happened in this moment right and it's the horcruxes and they found out oh okay they realized they've already killed two of them so i just assume the next movie is going to be two more horcruxes and then just kind of building towards those yeah uh and then, uh, like, what if they put the dragon from two into one? I like one a lot more at that point. Yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe you're right. Just like, oh, that's a cool little action sequence that doesn't, you don't need it in the second one necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could adopt it and put it over here. Um, yeah. Also, in this one, there's like uh, switching allegiances, right? What's Snape's thing you know, at this point yeah. when you're watching this movie? Because he saves Malfoy when Malfoy gets in that battle with Potter, with Harry, maybe the last battle they really have. Um, and so you wonder where he where he is in this thing. And then, of course, the thing about uh, with Dumbledore and uh, what happens there with Snape. I mean, that's and he has to watch it. He has to witness it. and He can't do anything about it. And it's such a heartbreaking moment. I just like it because it's just some real emotional uh, moments going on here between these characters that we've been with for mm-hmm. six movies. And once again, this idea of as you get older, you start to see the world less in black and white and way more in gray. Uh, and that people you thought you knew um, are capable of doing these things, but at, and at the initially you think it's an evil thing. It's not, it's not until later that you realize there was a reason, there was a purpose to all of this, right? And so all of that too. But but at the time you're just thinking, oh wow, I've been betrayed by someone I've known for such a long time, and I've lost yeah. my mentor, which happens, right? I mean, Luke. 
having uh, losing Obi-Wan. There's countless samurai and martial arts films about the master dying and the student having to get revenge. All of that is there. You know, it's a very big deal to lose the mentor in any kind of these hero journeys uh, because it clears the way for the hero to fully assume the mantle of the lead in the story. You know, well, you you see that early on when when Snape has to do the the oath. Yes, you know the unbreakable thing. Yeah, yeah, the unbreakable. Now, whatever. Yeah. Right before that happens, Lestrange is bad. Basically. Not properly estimating Dumbledore's power. Yeah. And Snape has to cut off and be like, make no mistake, he's one of the greatest wizards of all time. Yeah. Type yeah. Of thing. And you can see that the respect is there. And he's been his mentor because he was headmaster when uh, Snape was at school there. Mm-hmm. Just because now with Fantastic Beasts, we see a young Dumbledore. And that was years before all of this. Yeah. Plus, it fleshes out between all of these. You d- decide with Snape even more how yeah. much of a douche Harry's dad was to him. Yeah, true. Yeah, you do kind of as you go along and you find out what's going on with Snape and yeah. the history of Snape and Lily, which is one of the most tragic stories uh, in all of the Harry Potter fandom or Harry Potter uh, mythology. That is just heartbreaking, right? Because you see that James was a dick uh, and that Severus... Yeah, to Snape. And then Severus developed this kind of armor because of the hurt from what uh, from what James and then the flashback to him holding Lily like he was there when Lily died, dude. That is whoa. And it had to kill him. Great acting on Rickman's part. Yeah. Throughout the entire series, everybody makes the same comment. You look just like your father, but with your mother's eyes. Right. And for Snape, he was always in love with her. And yeah. that's, you know, the, the eyes are the, the, the windows to the soul. Right. So he sees the father, but then when he has to stare intently at Harry, he yeah. locks into the eyes of the woman, the only woman he's ever loved yeah. in his entire life. Yeah. And so that's the confrontation. The, the immediate reaction is, oh, your fucking father. You're your yeah. fucking father. And then the more he's around him, he's like, no, you're your mother. Yeah. And he protects him and he sets about, yeah, the, I mean- Great build and reveal ultimately that that Rickman was told that by J.K. Rowling early yeah. on, and he kept that secret. But it informs his acting performance overall, and you can yeah. see it on the rewatch how he interacts with Harry every time, and you understand his motivation of yeah. why sometimes he has to slap Harry in the nose of like this is stupid and you need to be smarter than this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the easiest way for for me to do that is to be the embodiment of like a Slytherin asshole to you. You're right, right. It ultimately right. leaves me protective. Like, yeah, it's such a great build and release. But I mean, that doesn't have the payoff without Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent. And that's so important to lay that groundwork there and see that. And plus the image of Dumbledore, you know, falling and it's just that classic slow motion, which is ironic because that's kind of almost how Rickman falls in Die Hard, right? Slow it motion is. like that. So I love that they kind of. But Dumbledore out. didn't look scared. He knew it was no, coming. No, no, he knew it was coming. Exactly. Uh <laughs> Well, yeah, the Rickman, the that Rickman was real. Reaction. Yeah, exactly. They didn't tell him that they were actually going to do that. So his reaction is, what the fuck? Uh, you know, <laughs> as he's falling. Um, all right, where are we at? Our number ones? Or do you, our shared get... number one. Yeah, which... our shared number is pres- uh, Harry Potter That's... Prisoner. Yeah, a- Azkaban, Azkaban, right? Yeah, Azkaban. Even upon rewatching, it's still my favorite. It really is, man. It's still, and you want, you know, Matt, I think you and I both have this tendency. A lot of people do have this tendency to go like, is it really still number one? And then you watch and you go, yep, still number one, still the best one of them all. It's, man. You get to introduce so many new interesting characters, but Harry finally has a real sense of family with Sirius yeah. Black. 
and uh, uh, was it Thewlis? Yeah, David Thewlis is scared. Lupin, Remus Lupin. Yeah. Remus Lupin, yeah. Uh, is an awesome, like, you're introducing more than one character, and they're both succeeding at a high mark, which for the third movie in, you you assume that they're going to be focusing mainly on the kids, and you'll have your Dumbledore and your Hagrids, and right. the, the adults will float in, but it's going to be more about the kids, and it's actually the kids kind of growing into their adulthood yeah. with these other adults and finding out that the world is this dark place and warm tail scabbers. So do you think it's curious that this rat, like a unnaturally long-lived rat, and they try and kill uh um scabbers yeah um i just it's a the perfect bridge from kids movie to yes. something that both sides can enjoy like the menace of the death eaters on their own oh, is yeah. so scary and they don't have to do a damn thing they're the floating grim reapers yeah yeah and, and it's just beautiful imagery Inaratu was somehow the best possible choice not saying i'm surprised he's a, not a great director it just what other franchises, whatever huge studio fair has he done? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he makes amazingly beautiful movies. But it's not. Quite, it's quite on, man. Just to correct you a little bit, it's not. You oh, know, it's a quite on. Yeah, it's also quite on. No, no, yeah, no. But but gravity yeah. and yeah, yeah. You know this. He doesn't do MCU movies. He doesn't do right, right. Star Wars or any of Fast and the Furious, any of the big franchises that'll pop in, mm-hmm. come in graduate this to a level that now everybody can understand or identify with every every i think every franchise has that one film you know what i'm saying and so this one i think is that like wrath of khan is or empire strikes back this is (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely. Uh, but this is the film that's like on par with that you know it is the one that every that pretty much universally is recognized as somehow elevated above the uh, it's elevated above the other installments the other installments can be good but there's something about azkaban that elevates it to almost best picture status you know and so it's got that kind of vibe to it and uh, Quaron is an interesting director. He did Children of Men, which a lot of people liked. I liked Gravity, Roma. A lot of people enjoyed Roma and wanted that to be nominated for Best Picture. So it's like, yeah, it's a, or win Best Picture rather. So it's just like he's got that ability. But you're right, he doesn't jump into franchises or do installments of all these. It's, it's just such an unusual anomaly that he was the one they chose for this one. Yeah, Chris and it Columbus totally works. Makes all the sense in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Newell after that. Weird choice. Yeah, weird choice. Weird choice. I wonder if they defaulted and they didn't have anybody. Like, do you want to come in and do this one? And it's like they they need a British voice. Two, like Columbus did, type of thing. Right, right. Maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's, but perfect choice. Yeah. Completely out of the box. Hmm. So much to enjoy about it as well. I mean, all the things that are going on with the, with the defense of the dark arts teacher, which of course, at that point, it kind of hit a little bit of the cliche, but it works here, you know, and the idea of Remus then trying to avoid Remus turning into a werewolf and like the, uh, the relationship between Sirius black and Harry, like there's such tender moments between Gary Oldman and, and, uh, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe in the movie. And you get this idea of what their connection is, what their family is. And it's his first connection to real family since the death of his family and being told about his dad, told about his mom, it is until he connects with Sirius that all of that comes through. And of course, Sirius is initially is presented as someone who like escaped out of Azkaban and all of that, and possibly yeah. dangerous. Society believes, yeah, this just craven animal. Yeah, right. You know, serial killer type of exactly, exactly, you know, exactly. Fear and mentality. Right. I always love now, years later, and I, I don't think about the franchise as much as others. 
Mm. But whoever um, offered up first that this is all in Harry's mind, like he's a kid in a bad situation, so he created this secondary <laughs> family. Like wow. he's adopted into a shitty like under situation. the under the stairs yeah, so and this, this, this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So he just created this whole other world where his parents were wizards and he <laughs> went to gets to escape and he's this amazing wizard and a huge celebrity who's rich beyond fathom. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I never it. heard that. I was like, wow, what an interesting take. Like you, it fits. Yeah, it totally fits. It totally fits. It I totally would never fits. have thought about the series that much. <laughs> Except he doesn't get Hermione. And you would think if he's going to be the hero, he would get Hermione, but he doesn't. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I, yeah, but I, you know. I think it still works, though, man. It's a great theory, you know, <laughs> create a magical great. world. So Catherine just got home, but uh, she read the books first. So oh. she pronounced Hermione Hermione because that's how she read it for so long. So while we were watching these, I. Every time they'd say, well, not every time, but they'd say her name, and then I'd go, "What was her name again?" Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. No, no, you're close. You're so close. Hermione Sky. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hermione. No. Herman. What is it again? Hermione. Oh. Hermione. Well, it's not like that. I'm not giving the hard phonetic. I'm just trying to <laughs> sound it out for you. WNBC, yeah, I got it. Nah, she just gave up. It's just Hermione. It's Hermione. <laughs> That's it. I'm happy to sit there. There's no I in that thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, there's our separate uh, top 10 lists of movies from the Harry Potter universe. And uh, we're going to put these things together and give you our official top 10 list of uh, the top 10 movies uh, from the Harry Potter universe. Obviously, Prisoner Azkaban's number one. All right. There we go. Sorry, my, I hit no, the no wrong worries. button and I auto muted uh, myself and you. Oh. All right. So, prisoner. Yeah. You have half right at two. I have it at four. You have Deathly Hollows where? Three. The part two is at three. Yeah. So that means that's part two is two because it's two, three. Okay. And half blood. Okay. And then Order of Phoenix. Okay. Um Goblet of Fire is my five. It's my number nine. Okay. Deathly Hallows is your what? Part one is my number five. Okay, that's my number nine. Oh, flip time. Well, do you want to do that? Or we have, what, Chamber of Secrets higher together. Okay, let's put Chamber of Secrets there then. We're still going to have to flip at some point. Probably. I'll take a regular quarter, please. Uh, I have, I don't have a quarter. I have a penny on my desk. That's fine. That works for me. I'll, okay. take, a re- I'll take a regular you, coin over there. Do you want heads or do you want tails? Heads. Okay. Sorry. Heads it is. Oh. Part one. Part one. Okay. Where are we at now? Um, so then I guess it would go Fantastic Beasts and then Oh Fantastic Beasts you have where? Six? Six, yes, and where to find them. Okay. Then Grendelwald is last. Wow. Okay. So we've got them all. Cool. Well, that went by quicker than I thought. All right. Awesome. Let's count it down. Never mind. Hold on. No, no, no. Uh, what do we miss? Philosopher's Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
That was our sevens, right? That's going to be eight on this. Okay. Produce sorcerers and that's how we're doing this. All right. Good to go. Cool. All right. The top 10 movies from the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. At number 10. Uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald. At number nine. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. At number eight. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. At number seven. Uh, the Goblet of Fire. At number six. Deathly Hallows Part One. At number five. The Chamber of Secrets. At number four. The Order of the Phoenix. At number three. The Half-Blood Prince. At number two. The Deathly Hallows Part Two. And our number one movie from the world of Harry Potter is... The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, watch out for that werewolf. Ah, uh, big bang boom. We're done, my friend. That's right. Good uh, good list, brother. Nice, Another nice show here from the top 10 guys, if I do say so myself. Um, let us know what you thought, of course, uh, there in the uh, comments section if you're watching us on YouTube or tweet at us your thoughts as well. I like the people that have been capturing screen grabs of us laughing or doing faces onto uh, the Facebook group. That's been fun to see as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, Jonathan Caro, Cano. Oh, Caro? Caro. Hey, Caro, you fucking idiot. When they ask you for top 10 heels of all time in the Schmodown, and I'm not even your top 10 of all time, you're an idiot. But I appreciate you taking the pictures and putting them up on our wall there. I'm just giving you some love, so just letting you know. Okay. That's my strong statement there uh, for the day. Uh, uh, well, our thanks to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. And if you want to hear basketball t- talk, just search Dropping Dimes anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube and you can find it. And that is it for me this week. Yeah. Don't forget, everybody, we have the golden ticket going strong now every Monday, dropping those episodes. Thanks to all the patrons who are participating in them. They've been so much fun to shoot. Thanks to uh, Andy Merriweather for that great theme song. I should have mm-hmm. played it between the break. I forgot to play it between the break. Such a fantastic theme song and getting nothing but positive reactions from that show. So share that show with other people you know get yeah, people involved do. in it bring them over to the top 10 uh channel you know been going strong for years now on this show and creating new and exciting content for you all to consume and enjoy so please uh give us some love in that way if uh, and thanks for downloading us share uh, share the download link as well share the uh, itunes link or the android link wherever you're listening to mm-hmm. us share that as well as well as the youtube link so if you just listen to us a podcast format you can also go to our youtube channel the top 10 show there or top 10 podcast there and uh, find us our pretty little faces talking about this kind of stuff as well and share that. So, all right. Uh, as Matt said, he's at Matt Nost. I'm at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram, please. Uh, if you want to go and take a look at my YouTube channel, you do youtube.com slash John Roca says we just launched the new star Wars show, the Jedi way me and Laura Kelly talking star Wars. And of course the political show, me and uh, Dorina Arellano impolite truths that dropped as well. So go and check out all the new content. we got rolling through that channel. Um, I think that's everything, Matt. Yes. That's all that I can think of. Okay. All right, everybody. Take care. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show. Mm-hmm.